He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Where, uh... We, we really should know what our tagline is before we get started with these, don't you think? Well, it's where we're taking two um, views, or we take views on uh, social media, or not social media, but uh, <laughs> of uh, media things and... Um, media things. Uh, where we take a, a fresh look at something. Um, and one thing that we, we try to set out on was to not just do movie, movie reviews. Even though it's kind of our bread and butter right now, um, we, we try to look at things that aren't necessarily just movies. Like, uh, with The Halloween Tree, you had read the original novel, and then we watched the, the short. Um, you know, we've done other ones where, like, we've watched, we compared two series, like, with the Avatar stuff, or even two movies that were similar ideas, but, uh, uh, made in different ways today we're kind of going back along with that book route uh book versus movie type thing um because we're both uh very avid readers um, or at least have been avid readers in our in the past and uh we uh this was the weirdest one yet i have to i have to admit this is probably This is the strangest outcome that we've had for for this that, uh, so far. I agree with that. That makes sense. I, I so obviously you can tell from the picture from the the preview picture that we are doing uh, Roald Dahl's classic, The Witches. Um, I actually remember reading the excerpt about. Uh, the the meeting where they do all the, the the where it goes into great detail about that. I actually read that excerpt in one of uh, one of our English books, like hmm. the uh, language arts books. I remember that. I didn't read the the rest of the book or anything like that, but I remember that scene. And I am still like, a bit aghast at the difference at what we just saw. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'm letting you uh, ramble on right now, but well, I mean, I can keep rambling because at this point, like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I think I'm gonna give my opinion straight out because this is, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so surprised at what at what my opinion is after this movie. <laughs> is it really that surprising? Yeah, it really, it, it's, it's. I am surprised at my reaction to this movie because there have been movies that I've watched that I had no um I, I had no hope for I was like this I, I this movie's gonna be terrible or it's not gonna be that good and it's just gonna be a schlock fest or I wasn't I wasn't enjoy it and in in plenty of those times I've been honestly surprised um I feel like there's one in most in like the last like I want to say four to five months that I've watched that I was honestly like this is a lot better than I was expecting um, a good example of that was actually Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch actually ended up being better than you would think it would have, would have been. So another episode. Another episode. Um, but there is th this movie. This movie's the opposite. I I wasn't expecting like this is going to be one of my Halloween classics. This is going to be one of my movies that I'm going to love forever and ever. I, I thought it was going to be. Better than it was, though. 
I am disappointed in this movie. Like, there is so many things wrong with this movie that I actually had to think of what they did right. And it wasn't until the end that I figured out, oh, that they did something right. Jim Henson puppetry? I figured out two things that they did right. Or you've helped me figure out another thing in addition to what I what I thought they did right. This movie was not what I was expecting in the slightest. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's oh. try to give this some narrative, some perspective. Uh, I think that the movie suffers from the same problem that Lilo and Stitch suffers from. They make the relationship between family members too good, where the plot of the alien becomes incidental. This is a story about a boy and his grandmother. His parents are taken from him way too young, and they uh, go to a hotel by the sea to relax, and then they just stumble across all of these witches and have to destroy them. But the, the crux of this is the relationship between the boy and his grandma, and they do a really good job. The woman playing the actress... Sorry, the actress playing the grandma. <laughs> she does a really good job. She conveys a lot of really heartfelt emotion. She's interesting. They do portray her like they do in the books. She smokes uh, these big fat stogies. and They're not big fat stogies, but go on. She smokes cigars, which is not something you see grandmas do. <laughs> the first five minutes is her telling a story. And like... I. I, I kept making like riffs and stuff like that. Like, uh, Grandma, can you not smoke? Uh, my uh, my asthma is pretty bad. Um, yeah, can we not listen to this story? Um, I I, I have night terrors. Can I? You know what? Can I just go play my Nintendo? Is that is that cool? Uh, is Nintendo a thing yet? <laughs> I wish. So again, I think that 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 is the thing though. That's the problem. It's more about the relationship, and the witches become almost incidental to the entire plot. I, I disagree. Um, on, unfortunately, I disagree on both points. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, my, my, my views are different in that aspect. I don't think the relationship was that good. I think the relationship was okay at best. Um, I believed other relationships a little bit more than I believed their relationship. And I'm not saying their relationship was bad. But that wasn't the focal point of the, the whole movie. It was in the movie, and it was believable to a small extent, but it wasn't like Lilo and Stitch, where the, the alien is incidental. No, this movie is about the fucking witches. From the story to uh, what actually happens in the movie, the witches are not incidental, in, in my opinion. What I'm saying is that the relationship is done better. It's done better, and it makes the witches weaker in comparison. The we the witches are just weak, regardless. Yeah, they don't it's make like, them nearly as terrifying as they are in the book. In the book, it's and it started out strong. I will say they they tell the story, which is the opening story of how her friend was taken very young, and they never found her, but her her image appeared in the painting and grew older and older until one day disappeared. Like that's sad and terrifying and shocking in all the right ways that's 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 actually a great kind of like urban legend horror story type thing like that's really neat mm -hmm. that's the only neat thing that happens in this freaking movie 
Uh, that and the puppetry. Okay. Um, the two things that I felt like, well, with, with an agreeance with you, um, to, uh, yes, the puppetry was actually done pretty well, but that's because Jim Henson was an executive producer. Yeah. It, the, they, they have little mouse puppets that work, they look, they, they, you can tell they're puppets, but they work and really well. And they trained mice. Like the yeah, mice they, training yeah. was very good. Yeah. So I, I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. The other thing I thought they did well is some of the visuals are really cool. And I feel like that's what got hyped was the visuals. So that's what I was like, or like to the point where I wasn't expecting some of the better visuals that were in there that were beyond the one scene that I had seen. Um, but I, I, I don't, it, it's like saying, oh, you have this. You have this bar of stale dark chocolate and you have this bar of stale milk chocolate. Okay, yeah, the milk chocolate tastes a little better than the dark chocolate, but they're still stale as hell. Like, they're still old. Like, yeah, like, yeah, one's slightly better than the other one, but it's not that much better. All right, well, okay. The the problems are, there's a couple. The acting, Angelica Houston does not give in a good performance. No, and I was surprised because I like Angelica Houston. I find it's it's a lacking of film editing and a lacking of the script. Sound editing was terrible. You, it was so obvious that they had to re-record all of their lines. Like I don't know if they lost the original audio or something like that, but like every, there were so much syncing problems, and there was it like it was almost like you're watching an animation movie. Is how far away i've seen bad animation movies where the voice sync was better and this is a full-on production with jim henson the jim henson as an executive producer and you and you and you trot out that that i let's okay before we keep going because i could probably rant about this forever so let's talk about the plot real quick as convoluted as it is. It's not a convoluted plot. I don't think the movie does it justice. The plot is that there are witches in the world, and witches hate children. They hate how they smell, they don't want them in the world at all. So they get rid of them in witchy ways so they don't get caught by the police. Um, the boy ends up at a hotel where a huge convention of all the witches of England is happening, where the Grand High Witch says, okay, so uh, you're going to go home, I'll quit your jobs, go buy candy shops, and we're going to poison the candy with this potion that'll turn every children who eat the candy into mice and it won't happen right away it'll be a delay effect and that way they won't blame you and you get to go your merry way and we'll kill all we'll get rid of all the children in the world before forensic science <laughs> the boy is in the room when he hears this and they find him and turn him into a mouse using the potion along with another boy bruno and so it's up to him and his grandma who already knows about witches because she's encountered witches before she actually is missing part of her pinky um, to stop the witches before they can enact their plan. So that's, it's a simple plot in that regard. And Roald Dahl always does a good job of giving, you know, backstory and information without being, um, beat you over the head with, uh, narration, which is what this and movie, this movie unfortunately has that problem because the mouse, uh, mouse boy is pretty much just saying everything that's happening as it happens. When we have eyes, we can intuit what we see. This, like... 
half of the time so much this, rage in your face right now half the time when this kid speaks it is unnecessary or annoying yeah like um near the uh like I, I think about a third into the movie maybe even uh just under halfway uh this witch comes and tries to steal him away and like he's like in a treehouse she's like hello little boy and has like her witch eyes and like her witchy mannerisms and stuff like that and like talking about how he uh how she's gonna uh, or like she wants to just give him a present and all he has to do is come down and get it like i'm gonna tell this snake not to or like she's trying to give him a snake it's a good snake though and like won't bite him and she'll tell him to stay there and she'll walk away oh before she goes she has a bar of chocolate and like like uh, like just basically trying to get him to come down and then his grandmother comes down and she kind of runs away and she takes everything with her. Um, but the entire time she's talking, she's like, she's giving him more reason to maybe come down. And like, he either is like completely silent or he's saying how his grandmother is going to come find her or he's screaming for her. Like, there's no, like, I don't know. I'm not sure about it. You know, like it's so terrible. The dialogue for this entire fucking movie is not well done at all. Like, I don't feel, I feel like they had too much exposition that they had to put in there. So the dialogue was not, was never natural. I think the most natural it was, was when they were fucking mice. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about, you know, matching movements to that. You can just say whatever you're saying as you're walking around. Um, the horror part, ironically, did work horror part the, what do you mean by that so the the witches look like beautiful women but it turns out that they don't have toes their feet are yeah. just flat, flat on the end they have scabby scaly hands so they're always wearing gloves they're bald so they're always wearing wigs that itch and give them sores on their heads uh, and the grand high witch is got this terrible rotting uh, awful face behind her mask and she so looks all like of a, these... she looks like a, a skullskies from um the dark uh, dark crystal so they all look really ugly and hideous and they use these wonderful camera angles to like really just impact just the sheer like gross out factor There's they a, do this there. this terrifying uh physical uh puppetry for the first boy who gets turned into a mouse that is uh, terrifying yeah. to look at apparently it actually went a couple steps further like they had one more scene where he was like still like half boy and half mouse and was like instead of like almost him like he's like hunched over like his like back is breaking or something like that. It's like it's it, it's a bit more graphic than that. But and then there's when they get to the end, um, because he's a mouse, everything is terrifying. The kitchen scenes are all terrifying just because of what could happen to him while he's in there. His tail gets chopped off. There's lots of smacking and you and the camera is always small in those points. So you feel like they're trying to attack you. Um, mice get smashed and broken. Yeah, and... like there's this witch who's actually working at the hotel as a cook, and she gets accidentally turned into a mouse as well. And she, and she like she tries to go and warn the Grand High Witch, and the Grand High Witch sees it, and sees a mouse, thinks it's one of the boys, and stomps on it, and like this green like like goop just splatters everywhere. Yeah, it's so. But that was the other thing that I was saying. Is the, of what they did right is that the visuals just the overall like camera i'm not saying it was good cinematography it was just good shots yeah 
it had some great like especially when the grand high witch is revealed after she takes off her mask and shows the stuff underneath the reveal of that was is very striking that scene where like the people are pulling off their wigs or you know t taking off their shoes and their gloves and stuff like that those are very striking but that's all they are it's striking and that's it i get you like there's like there's not much else depth to it beyond striking and i mean it's also memorable but god like yeah like how you said with the the kitchen scene where like you felt like you were the mouse at times i completely agree with that there's not much else to it beyond that and i wish there were i mean it follows the book really closely for it until the end We'll, we'll get to we'll get the to that end. We'll, we'll get to that later. Um, I find that Roald Dahl's books, you have to show them care because he writes in a way that children get and grasp, and he lets children feel like they're in on the joke. Like adults are really terrible people, and I know I'm an adult, but I'm going to write to you as as though we are on equal footing, you and I. And that's the nice thing about Roald Dahl. He's different than Dr. Seuss. Um, so when you create a movie based on that, it, it should be more visual language and less explanatory dialogue. And the thing is, too, is the acting is not very good. Um, the woman who plays the grandmother does an okay job. Angelica Houston disappoints at best. I don't think they gave her proper uh, motivation. So in the book, the Grand High Witch is just this, this petite, small, nice prettiest looking woman you ever saw she's not haughty she's not in command she just is this nice pretty little lady and then all of a sudden she turns this grotesque spectacle so for me it was really weird to see her playing the haughty grand high witch the entire time because it was more unnerving when it was just this nice pretty lady walking up and and originally the boy feels scared for her he sees all these hideous women taking off their you know revealing how hideous witches they are, and then this little lady's at the front, and he's worried for her safety, and then she becomes the Grand High Witch, and it's terrifying, because like, oh, I thought you were just this, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember that scene, like, when they do the, the reveal of the witches in the, the, um, the, the conference room, you know, that was definitely very much, um, like, I remember that scene, like, the, he goes into some great detail, not overly so, but he goes into some really good detail and shows and does all this and tells all of this stuff. In the movie, it wasn't as memorable. Mm -hmm. Like, it, like some of the visuals are very good and, like, some of the effects, especially the makeup that Angelica Houston has on for her, like, actual form of, as the Grand High Witch... It's really good. Like, even by today's standards, you know, like with watching um, It recently, you know, like, that's really good prosthetic work and really good, like... I'll always believe a prosthetic over a CGI every yeah, time. Yeah, and it's easy to say, oh, that's a prosthetic or something like that. Yeah, but that's more believable than CGI. Because it's actually there. Yeah. Like, their special effects are not very good, but beyond, like, but the, the prosthetic effects... Those are very good. That's because Jim Henson was involved and his his crew were involved. I think they just but, they oh. they work the scene too long. Something they add in which isn't there is so this room is locked. The boy cannot escape. They get him and they immediately put him on the table and force the stuff down his throat. 
in the movie, they throw in a chase scene down the beach where he escapes once, and then she pushes a baby in a pram down the side of the hill, which he nearly saves, and he runs and escapes again. And he escapes again, and he gets to his grandma's room, and then they're there, and they bring him back down to the room, lock the doors again, and force it on him. And the entire time, I'm like, why is this all happening? We learn nothing else. See, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that wasn't a part of the movie. No, literally, but they smell sense. him out, and they put him on the table, and that's it. It makes sense, because it, it, it does. Like, you you look at it, like, this feels tacked on. So, can we can we talk about the beginning for a second? Not the opening story. The opening story is good. Even with the bad sound editing, the opening story is good. Because once you get past the story, and you see that you know, it's kind of like a princess bride you know grandparent talking to their grandchild you know that's that that is done well enough but what you realize is that the his parents are still there and they're like getting ready for a party and and they're like well he needs to go to bed soon you know don't stay up too late you know the, the typical parent things that they say and she's like oh no and and no more stories we want him to actually sleep okay no more stories and then, I don't know if she, like, goes back into a story. She lets him sleep or whatever. But then, like, you see them leave and get into the car. And, like, the boy, like, has a dream or something like that. And wakes up and realizes it's morning. And goes, Mom? Dad? And then all of a sudden, it, like, cuts, like, slam cuts or jump cuts to outside of the house that they're in. And it, a police car shows up. And they have, like, the 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 damn shawl that his mother was wearing the night before and like the policemen walk up and you're like oh no <laughs> and he's like because uh, uh, she's um norwegian or from norway or something like that like he has a similar accident uh uh fraulein or frau ruka or whatever <laughs> uh, not her name. Uh, like, like i need to talk to you in private and she goes yes come on in come in come in and then, like, and then it shows her on the couch, crying, wearing this shawl, and, like, and then, like, he comes down, and she's, like, come cuddle with me, and you're, like, holy shit, they just killed these people. Yeah. No parents escape unscathed in a roll doll book. You forget James and the Giant Peach starts off with his parents getting eaten by a rhinoceros. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice what's parents don't Okay, so last. what's worse? What's worse? Getting eaten by a giant rhinoceros or this? Well, as, Ambiguous AF. As the narrator says, don't feel bad for James's parents. They were only, they only had to experience this for two, possibly five seconds at the most before they were gone from this world. And they don't have to worry about anything anymore. Feel bad for James. Because he's going to go live with evil aunts now. So... It's, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say that, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to say that eating by rhinoceros is worse than getting in a car crash. Oh my god. It, this, the, that, that alone surprised me. And then a little boy with glasses having to be raised by other family members, parents dying, and it's an ambiguous car crash. You're a wizard, Harry. Your parents are actually killed by Lord Voldemort. Come, like, let me I, take you to I Hogwarts. Fully, I fully expected it to say that it was, it was actually a witch that killed them. Interesting as I would have been, I do like that witches only really care about getting rid of children, and yeah. only because but, and it they been smell too... so terrible to them. Yeah, it, because they take showers and take baths. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the boy that smells, not the dirt on them. Yeah, so they say, like, if you ever want to hide from a witch, rub dirt on yourself. 
They say this in the movie, and he's literally trying to escape witches and never once rubs dirt on himself. I know. But he isn't taking showers either. She says one shower a month is fine. It was Which so is, again, really funny to tell stupid. kids who are watching the movie. That's okay, kids. Just take one shower a month. The witches will get you otherwise. <laughs> like, God. So, his grandmother, the whole reason they go to the the hotel is because his grandmother suddenly... She's feeling ill, and the doctor in the book recommends that they go take a seaside vacation, get some good sea air into her lungs. And it's it's the 50s or some other odd time. It's it, it's a time when you could say fresh air will do a person good instead of perhaps antibiotics or something like that. Um, well, in, in the movie, it's that she is, uh, is diabetic. Okay. Yeah, no, she's no, diabetic. I wasn't saying that was written in the 50s. I'm saying that they're, he's writing from a more simplistic time. Um, but the the, pre- the premise makes sense. I get why they go to the ta- uh, you know to this hotel, and that's where they run into the Grand High Witch and all this stuff. So, contextually, I don't think it's quite as confusing as you make it out to be. I think, though, that they pad it with things that make it confusing, whereas the book makes it pretty just simple. And I think that's because he's able to write it down, whereas they have to visual, tell it visually. And it's not that hard to do, but they make it more complicated than it needs to be. Like, they, I feel like they took things out of the book and added other things that were not necessary. For some reason, Mr. Bean having an affair with the House not staff, necessary. That's not in the book. And that's the woman to do being deathly, like deathly afraid of mice. Not necessary. The book is told from the boy's perspective, so he, this whole storyline wouldn't matter at all. He would never see it, so it wouldn't be something that would. Like it'd have been fun to kind of like he encounters something he thinks might be like him conspiring with witches, but in reality, it's just an affair. Like that would have been fun. That would have been fun. Like, and and like, she does. You know, I don't know why she has to suffer. Come up and instead of him, she just she's just cleaning the Grand High Witch's room and she sees these potions and she thinks it's a perfume and puts That's it on her neck. That's right, I forgot. And then she grows fur there, which is funny, I guess. But it's, but but why? But she gets come up. There's and, no reason for. There's no reason. And she hasn't for been a villain that. in any time. Um, the the parents not understanding that Bruno's their son does absolutely happen until the end and his mom has to figure out how to deal with her son as a mouse because she's deathly terrified of mice she's literally sobbing at the end of the movie like when and her son as a mouse is talking to her i don't have to go to school anymore isn't that amazing little Little, fat asshole oh i thought of him as little augustus gloop (laughs) i thought of him as little uh 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 what's his face um uh dudley best roll doll book Re, reimagining of interpretation movie wise. I've only really you've seen, seen a couple of them. I've really, I've really only seen. Um, there's Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's Charlie Factory. and the Chocolate Factory. There's Matilda. I have seen Matilda. I didn't. I never read the original book, but I did like the movie to a, to a decent. The extent. most recent one was the BFG. Never watched that. I and I I watched reviews of James and the Giant Beach and I watched the movie to a point as a kid. Like I never finished it. There's like a long list of movies that like I would be somewhere like a YMCA or be with someone and I could only watch half the movie because then I'd have to leave for some reason. You know it's funny looking at these adaptations none not one is like the other. They all have a completely unique and distinctive style. 
all trying to capture his work. One is a 3D animated play, play, play or no, there's, like there's there's BFG, which is like uh, motion capture. Uh, there's James and the Giant Peach, which is you know stop animated. motion. Um, then you have Matilda this. plays it very real. Yeah, very very very, real. very, uh, very realistic effects. The witches is prosthetics and puppetry. Yeah, and then Charlie and Chocolate Factory is also, real as well. Yeah, but it plays it surreal. Yeah, in a different way than Matilda does. Yeah, absolutely, like Matilda is based in reality, whereas this one's based in a reality similar to ours. Like, but it's just slightly off enough. It's very interesting to see all the different ways they interpret it um i liked the bfg honestly but it does do the had the runtime thing which i'm more and more getting really mad of when you adapt children's books there's nothing saying there's... you have to stick to the hour and a half mark and if you are going to stick to the hour and a half mark they always choose to expand on things that were not in the book as important it's kind of like gilmore girls year in the life we spend 30 minutes with this musical that they're developing as opposed to oh what any of the characters we actually know from the show are doing like lane or suki or anything yeah it's like, there's why would you spend time with new things that perhaps don't add to the story when you could actually expand upon the things that needed expanding upon in the book and that's and that's the thing too is like with the adaptations like what do you cut what do you keep and what do you expand upon that's always a tough decision. Like, the Harry Potter books completely wrote out multiple characters. And I understand that. But, like, Lord of the Rings, if they cut out characters, they cut out minimally. The one, the biggest character they cut out is Tom Bombadil. But that's because Tom Bombadil has jack all to do with the rest of this story. Is that the brown wizard? No, that is Radagast. And he only shows up for, like, one line in The Hobbit. So. But isn't he, like, the, the most powerful wizard he just chooses tom, not to do tom bombadil is the most powerful creature he is not a wizard but he's not human he is the most powerful thing because when he puts on the ring he does not disappear he is completely untouched and untainted by the ring's power yeah damn okay. and he has this smoking hot wife called uh no not, not glorfindel sorry Tilton Paris, but he has a smoking hot wife that can do no wrong either, and she sings the very birds down from the trees, and he saves them all from a burrow white, which is when, you know, they're trapped underground. But after all that happens, he has nothing else to do with any rest part of the story. That's... And so, and you know, Radagast was also in the Hobbit, he was, a, he was just a wizard. He wasn't a crazy nut who uh, talked to porcupines in the deep of the woods with bird shit on his cheek. He was just another powerful wizard. Like that weird um, uh, Triceratops and uh, um, the good dinosaur. Oh, yes. I was going to say the Triceratops in Jurassic Park because that sick dinosaur subplot never gets, got, never gets brought was, back it up was ever way, again. It was a way to show off more stuff with the dinosaurs. Yeah. But it was a way to separate uh But they didn't ever explain why the trike else. was getting sick. Like, because, no, they no, yeah, they did because she was eating uh, flora that she was not used to. No, because she digs through her dung. She's like, you're right. There's no trace of wild berries here, which would be the thing that would cause her to be ill. So, hmm. no, they never. Okay, did. not you, that it matters, but if you're going to bring that plot point up, at least have it was a way. It, it was a it was a way to separate what's her face. But it could have been Laura interesting. Laura Dern, or no? Yeah, was, her, was that Laura Dern? Yeah, Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah but, separate Laura Dern from the rest. I, yeah, as a plot point, but the way to do that is have it tie into. These aren't actually dinosaurs because you couldn't actually just 
find one strand of DNA in a mosquito blood. That's beyond the point, and that's way off topic. So, so off topic, because I think I think what we really want to talk about is the ending. Well, I no, I want to talk about how Angelica Houston decided to have a German accent, or she was told to have a German accent that does not work throughout the entire freaking movie. In fact, when she's in her prosthetics for the Grand High Witch after the reveal. I couldn't understand her half the time. She would say something, and I would honestly, like, almost look to you and be like, what the fuck did she just say? She says, she has it, but the thing is, an exaggerated accent sounds different when you write it out than when you say it. Because when she's saying her things, her, her words in the book, it's spelled with all the exaggerated accents. You may remove your gloves. So, like, it's written out that way, phonetically, but, to make yeah, the fun part. But the problem is, is that doesn't always translate well to spoken word. Now, that being said, half of the lines are not translated well from the written word to the spoken word. Because it's so... Oh, I, I'm, it, I think I'm upset because I feel offended... Because I was recommended this movie by multiple, like, publications, and, like, this is a underrated Halloween classic, and it's really good, you know, like, the movie, it's, this is not a good movie. It's a great idea, but that's because it's Roald Dahl's idea. It's, I, I honestly, I would love to see someone remake this, because the original is not good. Because it's a great concept. I they would do. love to see it. They talk about that. It'd be very... If they talk about that and they never do, why don't we only remake bad movies? Because good movies are already good. They don't need our love. Remake the bad ones so we can actually get something there's, good out of it. There's plenty of movies out there that had interesting concepts that weren't explored correctly. Like, um, I, I'm watching... Uh, I'm re-watching all the Nostalgia Critic Halloween stuff. The second Blair Witch... Okay, so let's explore. So let's explore a world where the Blair Witch is semi is quasi real. real, and the 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 actual you know talking about the actual you know hysteria that came from it. Yeah, let's actually explore that and see like what would happen. But no, we're gonna do this random thing where everyone's pretentious and the timelines are fucked up and and people go crazy, but no, go crazy, but they do go crazy. And there may be a ghost, but there's not a ghost, but there might be a ghost. Like. Like, there's that, there's those ideas, and there's, like, with this one here, or, you know, any, like, there's so many ideas out there that were edgy, or, uh, sorry, were put forth so poorly that they need a reimagining. They need to be revisited. Like, this is one of them. Like, this absolutely, like, this could be a great idea. And in this day and age of, like, uh where 80s are now, like, really, really nostalgic, like, with Stranger Things and now with It and everything like that, this would be a great one to do in a nostalgia way. I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure it, it must be nostalgia because it's not paced well and it's not, not edited all. well. No. I'm not sure, you know, why, you know, I don't know what the rating is or anything. I do know that people do say it's underrated. But I can't imagine, Why? like, again, I think it's just the book. The book is really fun. Yeah, but the book isn't the movie. And, like, when we get to the, when we talk about the ending, 
it's definitely not the book. Like, yeah, real lame sauce uh, ending, guys. Real, like, real lame sauce. It, but even then, like, uh, okay, I love the Harry Potter books as a kid. I still really do. I would say that's probably my biggest fandom. You know, like how there are Trekkies or there's, you know, Star Wars people or fans. You're a you know, Potterhead. Lo- lo- uh, Loader fans, um, Game of Thrones people. You know, there's a lot. I'm, I'm probably, probably the closest thing for me is being a Potterhead. I love Harry Potter. I love the, the mythos. I love the world that it creates. I really do. I love it too before it became fan fiction from the author, but go on. That's that's beyond. That's the the <laughs> that's 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 the prequel type stuff for Star Wars fans. So, but with Harry Potter, I remember watching the first movie and loving it, and we rewatched it recently, and it it holds up. It is still really good. It has that whimsy, it has that magic behind it. it does. The second one does a good job too the third one is okay i could tell they tried and the third one the third book was my favorite for the longest time it's still my favorite like and i think it's either top two or top three of all seven of the original books i but i felt like they didn't do as good of a job as they could have and then the fourth movie (laughs) And then the fourth movie. You've got a real hate on for that. That fourth movie is the weakest movie of all of them. And I am including seven part one. You didn't. For the listener at home, Aaron didn't get to see seven, one, or two. uh, For the longest time in theaters. And had never seen it at all, period. Until I said, you know, we're going to watch it. We have the Blu-rays. Here's what we're going to do. I've seen it. I'm going to show you the relevant parts of part one, which is about (laughs) 30 minutes. And then we're going to switch into part two, because part two is a cry fest from beginning to end. Yeah. And seven part one has the correct tone, because we forget the first half of that seventh book is just them walking. It is token light. That's why it took me it took me for a long time to get through the first part of that book. And it's just they're dealing with a horcrux, so they're always grumpy and mad and sad and everyone is afraid of people dying and it doesn't get anywhere until that stag Patronus finally comes to the woods like, oh, thank God the plot has arrived. <laughs> oh, thank God. But like but going back on the fourth movie, the fourth movie is a huge book. The fourth movie should have been split into two movies, not the seventh book. Really? The fourth the fourth book. Well, you're very mad because, at the fourth book because they cut out the entire thing about house elf rights. Well, no, I'm not mad about that because that was a weak part of the movie. But they cut out so much else. Like, in all seven, or sorry, eight movies... They don't even mention Peeves. Peeves is just completely forgotten. Yeah, Peeves is a great humorous part of the book. It even adds a bit of levity after the battle is done. because He starts singing a, a chorus about how Voldemort's rotting away dead as a doornail. And there's a little bit of gaiety they're, they're, to and it. Like in in the, the fifth book with um, Umbridge, how when the boys... When the boys... Leave, uh, when, the the twins. Twins, when the Weasley twins get their broom backs... And they're like, they look at Peeves and say, 
give her hell. And Peeves salutes them. Yeah. He's like, for you two, absolutely. Like, like they're the only two besides like Dumbledore that he actually has any smidge of respect for at all. Yeah, Peeves doesn't get it. There is no Peeves. Yeah, Peeves is completely taken out. Winky is completely taken out. uh, Dobby's role is cut down significantly. Hagrid's role is cut down significantly, and he's still... Dobby doesn't come back until... The movie's like, hey, do you remember that there was a house elf named Dobby? Oh, he, like, he is. was obsessed with you and everything like that? <laughs> Just in time to die. And, like, they don't even do creature right in the se- in the seventh, seventh, or the seventh and eighth movie. I they don't do how. They don't do Sirius right. Sirius was my favorite character for the longest time. Um, They don't do him right. Oh. And don't even fucking get me started on Ginny. Don't even fucking get me started on Jenny. I don't know if it's the actress or the writers or it's, the directors. It's not I her fault. They don't gave her, know. They gave her nothing to work with for the past, you know, for like three movies in a row. And then they're like, hey, yeah, you're a character still, but we're not going to actually give you a reason that people might like you except for, for yourself. Yeah, except for that you have a crush on Harry Potter. Oh, by the way, now Harry Potter has a crush on you. Like, it... Give us something. Harry... I loved Harry's and Ginny's relationship so much in the books. And it hurt so bad when it came up on screen. Like, when it came up on screen, I'm like, she sh- and I, like I thought in my head she should have done what she originally was going to do and have Harry and Hermione in it together. But I like the fact that she ended up with Ron because they were more of opposites. And I felt like they worked together better because of how she wrote them. But no! Ginny has to be fucking terrible. Ron has to be terrible for a decent part of a lot of the movies. So the witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 witches. So let me talk about these endings. I really want to yeah, talk about it. Yeah, and I think I've pushed it off. Cause this movie's bad, but it's bad in a forgettable way. It's yeah. bad in a just a this is not really engaging me on any level sort of bad. Like, but I'm mad about it now but I'll get over it soon. Yeah, but when I watched this ending I was very very concerned that the filmmakers have no idea what any of these characters' motivations or what the poignancy of the end of the book really truly is. So in the end of the book he is turned into a mouse forever. Because witches will not turn him back. They're witches. They're evil. They don't like children. And he's, you know, sad for like maybe a moment or two. And then he's like, you know, there are some positives here. I don't have to go to school anymore. I get to hang with my grandma and I really, really like her. And I get to, you know, to have some fun. And by the end of it, they even bring up this really sad, poignant, but really nice sort of thought is that mice only live about three to five years. But his grandma is very old and sick. She is also not long for this world. And it's a wonderful, sad way to be like, they won't have to be apart from each other for very long because they're both going to probably die around the same time, which is a sad, sweet thing. It's, you know, sad and sweet and romantic, sad and sweet for the family. Um, And I like that because at the end of this, they decide, you know what, we still have all this potion left. We have all this money we're going to go and we're going to tackle every witch 
in the world until there are none left. And that'll be the mission for the rest of our short lives. We're going to take out this group of witches. We, we are going to prevent anyone else having to suffer through what we had to suffer through. Yeah, and they're going to do it together. And it's very sweet. And because the grandma already knew about witches and had experiences with them before the boy was turned into a mouse, she is his confidant truly and really in a the best way, in a way that most other adults aren't because they would be like Bruno's parents. It's like, oh, boy, I have no idea what to do with this situation because I've never believed in the magical or the mysterious and now I have to deal with this. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, like, because she's been dealing with it since she was a kid, she's been, she's wary of it, but she's wary of it in the right ways. So in the movie, however, they've created a new character who is the Grand High Witch's uh, underling, like, secretary or assistant in some way. And think uh, uh, Anne um, Hathaway in uh, Devil Devil Wears Prada. Yes, and I know that she probably has a job because she wants to be the the Grand High Witch's right hand woman. She wants to be respected. But at the end of it, you know, the Grand High Witch is like, "No, you go eat up in the room and pack up for us to leave after dinner." I know you don't get to join us, and she gets mad at her about it. So as a result, she does not get turned into a mouse like the rest of the witches do, and she survives. So you see her survive, and you see her put two and two together that this boy and grandma were the ones who made this whole thing happen. And the movie is ending with the boy going to sleep. They've made a wonderful tunnel system for him throughout the house with little trains and everything so he can get around wherever she goes. And it's really adorable, and they're going to bed together. And she's like, you know, just looking out at the ceiling, just so sad about what has happened to her grandson. And he's like, you know, Grandma, I really am okay being a mouse. She's like, I know, dear, but you know, she's just like torn up about that this happened had, to had, him. She she was supposed to protect the child instead, or uh, in um in the the wake of you know her child, her actual child, and the her her child significant other dying in a car accident. She she is now the care caretaker of this this boy and as they're doing this i'm thinking to myself they're taking a bit of a darker turn than the ending suggests because the ending of the book while wistful is actually kind of nice in that in that whole old couple in the bed and the titanic sinking scene is like at least they're together no book they get to die together when she's lucid sort of thing and then I'm like, well, it's darker in this way because there's not really a lot of hope for him to have live a normal life. But then a car pulls up, and I'm like, where are you going with this movie? And now steps out that second-in-command witch. I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen? What is she going to do to them? Because they killed everybody that she knew. And she points her finger through the window, and lightning starts coming, and I'm and she's like... She's laughing, like, maniacally. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, they, he's gonna, she's gonna kill both these people. This is it. They're both dead. They're gonna be stuck in paintings forever. And then he turns back into a boy, and she gives him his glasses back, and his pet mice, and waves happily, and then goes to fix the other mouse boy, Bruno. And I'm... What? What? The 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 reasoning that the filmmakers had behind that specifically. Oh, you know. Sort of is that or the thought process by fans is why they did that specifically with her and not just that he turns back naturally or something else is that she has a line. It's very it was very quick. It was actually kind of quiet, but I heard it. 
that they actually had it in there, at some, like whether they tacked it on afterwards or whatever, is that she's like, I never really wanted to be a part of them. So, like... Well, then she, they gotta make that motivation hella more apparent. Because she, she has that weird, like, oh, I want to be here. Like, not that she's forced to be there. She's like, like, like there's other ways that they could have shown it. She could have had, like, Angelica Houston's, you know, this, the, the Grand High Witch being like, come, come up on... Like, maybe she, like, stays in the back. No, get up on the stage. You're right here. Yeah, she's and, like, really happy take to be a way. part yeah, of she, this. Like, she's, like, almost excited at a couple points. But, she's very... She's, she's got that hunger look. And the point of Roald Dahl's book is that witches aren't human ladies that decided to embrace dark arts. They are dangerous creatures that exist as themselves. Witches just appear in the world. They're like unicorns. They weren't a horse that decided to dream up having a <laughs> horn. They're just nasty, vicious creatures with no redeeming qualities whatsoever. They're monsters. So the idea that, one, that maybe there's a witch who didn't want to be a witch and got seduced into the glamour is, like, a vampire story, not a witch story. It, like, I think what they were saying is that, yes, she's a witch, she's, like, one of that, but she didn't want to be evil. Like, that well, then she's, they have a, to, now she's now a sorceress. Well, then they have to say that witches choose to be witches, then. They have to make an implication in some way that some witches are not happy with the way, because all witches, because the whole point is that witches think kids smell like shit. A human doesn't think that and just decide because they're witch, now human children are disgusting to me. So it it's just the, uh, there's weird implications. Even beyond that, even if you want to play the card of, well, he got rid of her competition, so she decided to reward him for that. No, because she's a witch. And witches are evil creatures. She's actually, she would actually probably be more upset because he got rid of her entire network in England. You know, like, I don't think that 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 motivation of having her be. You it, you, it disregards the point of the story. The whole reason why it's OK that he gets turned to a mouse and never turns back into a boy is because his grandma has experience with witches and is taking care of him. And they both are not long for this world. So instead of him going into some sort of adoptive agency where he may. Just get, you know, maybe adopted or maybe just lost in the system forever because there's no more living relatives. This way they get to be together. And she completely understands his plight and is sympathetic in a way that just a normal adult who didn't know about these things wouldn't be. It really, really does irk me because it demonstrates a basic lack of Roald Dahl's intent and it gives the whole saccharine happy ending, which he was not about. Oh, that's what I'm looking up right now. He was furious. I about don't it. doubt. I don't. I don't doubt that for a second. Here, let's. Yeah, just, I'm pulling it up now. After a test screening, Roald Dahl angrily expressed to the producers how appalled he was at the vulgarity, the bad taste, and actual terror in certain parts of the film. Oh, that's not ah! the one I was going for. Dahl demanded his name. And the title be removed from the film prior to release, but after receiving an apologetic, complimentary letter from Jen Henson, Dahl grudgingly withdrew his threat. That wasn't the one I was going for. So he thought the imagery was too scary. He, he did. That is hysterical. The dark tone of the novel was significantly mellowed in order to make the film more appealing for younger audiences. That's weird. He... he um, in Dahl's book, for instance, the grandmother is much brisker, 
Luke is in the car with his parents at the time of the accident. Bruno Jenkins is a noxious and pampered boy. He was in the movie, too. Yeah, it played Who well. Luke does not like at all, and it is implied his equally snob father has dr- him drowned in a bucket by the hotel's janitor. The High Witch's plan includes having teachers and parents kill the children in the mouse form, and most notably, Luke does not recover his human form, which ultimately means he only has a few years left life left. All these changes infuriated Dahl, who never again in his lifetime allowed any movie adaptation of his works, and left in his will very specific and high standards for any future ones. Um, so that's yeah, not I the remember one I was that. That was for. yeah, that was a terrifying thing. That you know, they they get a nice little reunion with Bruno at the end of the movie with his parents, and it's it's you know they're sad about it, but at least they know it's him. Um, yeah, in the book, the grandma repeatedly tries to express that this is their son Bruno, and they do not come to grasp in terms with it. And she's just like, "Well, this kid is not my responsibility." Puts it on the table with his parents and walks away. And yeah, it's heavily implied that his parents still do not realize it's him, and and he is offed, like dead, like dead, dead, dead. <laughs> there's yeah, there's a that's a, so that's so strange that the vulgarity is what gets him when he specifically wanted darker things in his books and he writes darker things in his books. If you've ever if you think World Doll is just for children, there are several short story collections that you should definitely take a look at because his dark stuff for adults is equally terrifying. Like boiled rabbit in the stove kind of terrifying. Like people shedding skins, eating children, terrifying. Definitely check it out if you want some, like, real dark creeps. If you want Roald Dahl for adults, he will do that for you. So, I found the thing I was looking for. Roald Dahl hated the happy ending in which a sorceress appears to transform the mouse back to a boy. In the ending of Dahl's novel, the boy is still a mouse and he's making a plan. Um, The studio actually shot the ending, which was more faithful to the book, where he remains a mouse, in addition to the happy ending, and test screen the film with both. The result, as seen in the final product, is that the test audiences chose the latter ending. I wonder how much of the test audience had actually read the book, because my opinion of test audiences dwindles more and more with each passing day. Because your test audience is not... The test audience is never going to be made up of the correct mixture of people who actually would go see this movie in real life. It's made up of a mixture of people who might never go see this movie, so their opinions subsequently should be invalid. Not that a person who might never see it shouldn't want to see a movie because it's different from what they like, but rather that giving validity to opinions of people who may not understand the particular genre of the film weakens the movie as a whole. Yeah, it's... science sadness and I wanted this I would I would have loved to have a new Halloween movie to watch every year it would have been fun and it is creepy and it's disturbing especially with that mouse stomping scene in the same way that Ant-Man is uh scary when evil David Cross uh can't wait to test out his you know to get funding for his shrink ray and one of the investors comes in and tells him, you know, he's worried about him. And he's like, I'm going to have to turn you into the authorities. And then he uses the shrinking ray and turns him into a pile of goop that he then flushes down the toilet and says, bye, Frank. 
equally terrifying. Anytime where a person is completely sentient and then turned into something small that is then destroyed, or uh, the Firefly and Princess and the Frog. Anytime some small oh, sentient yeah. creature is destroyed like carelessly by something who is bigger and thinks he's better is always just like, Bleh! Yeah. Always gets me. Yeah, it's... This movie is disappointing. And I I don't think because the movie itself is disappointing, it's because I know there was hype behind it. Yeah, the the whole point of the ending is that as a mouse, he can sneak into places that the grandma can't, and they can actually take care of these witches once and for all, they have all of the stuff And does it smell to, like a boy? He smells like a mouse. Yeah, there's a million reasons why the point works. And when you do that, it's like, it just implies, oh, they're happy now. They don't have to take care of any more witches. Bye. And it's, I, it's so weird. I don't, I don't. If you're going to make a roll doll book, you know it's dark. You know it's gritty. You know that it's not going to have always happy ending in the conventional sense. So you got to embrace that. In the BFG, they got closer. Because, like, they definitely heavily imply, just as they do in the book, that there are kids dying every night from these giants who are randomly walking around town, stealing children out of their beds and eating them. Like, it is not bandied about that that is exactly what happens here. In fact, they create this nice little backstory for the BFG that he had another child who saw him one night and he took him back and they were friends. And then one of the giants, and then the giants found out about him and ate him. So, like, it's this terrifying little backstory that just is like so sad and it adds something to the overall terror of the movie and the importance but then they have this weird scene where the book it's this scene where they're tortured where they're tormenting the bfg and it makes sense in the book but when you have to make it into this big cgi spectacle it's like okay that's that that's enough of that you can stop now <laughs> and i wish that we liked this i wish we liked this movie i wish it was good i wish it was i wish it was good enough to like at all like i i could i don't think i can recommend the movie no i can't um i know at one point like i looked at you like because we started watching this last night and then we finished it up tonight and i remember looking at you and like saying we're almost at the climax this should be the most exciting point i i have to go to bed i'm so tired of this movie and so tired in general that i'm Let's stop this movie. And I don't typically do that unless I am falling asleep and I just cannot keep watching whatever I'm watching. I was bored. And this is, again, this is supposed to be, we're supposed to be near the climax. So it's supposed to be exciting. And it's supposed to be, you know, not the most exciting part, but exciting enough to keep your interest. And I was bored. Yeah. Like, I... I was only I was interested only because I wanted to see how it was playing along with the book as it went. Like for yeah. me, it was like, okay, so what are you gonna change and what are you gonna do similarly? Yeah, like what what? Why are we? Why are we forcing ourselves to watch this movie, if not just to see how close it is to the book? Yeah. And it, it got it got to a point where I was like, I. I, I had to I had to call it quits for the night. Like we've got to stop so I can I I can go to sleep. Like I was I was too tired at that point. All right. Well, then I'll say this. Um, I'm gonna rate it two out of five. It is an incompetent film, but not a actively bad film. It's not trying to be terrible. It's not Sharknado. 
which yeah, is terrible in every way. It doesn't. It's, ter- it's not the room. It's not Sharknado. It's not Birdemic. It's none of those Mono's Hands of Fate movies. It's not like so bad it's good. It's disappointing. Yeah. I think disappointing is the best way to describe it. And I'm giving it two out of five because the source material is still good, and I still like it, and I like what they do with it um, in the book. I like how the the plots reconcile themselves. I enjoy it. But I don't like that the movie doesn't seem to play along in the right ways. So for the source material, pretty much alone. And for the really crazy puppetry visuals, which are very impressive and still hold up, two out of five. Um, I think I'll be pretty close in that, too. Um, I'm thinking either 1.5 or 2. Because it this was it was so... It was hard to get through. It was disappointing because I feel like people were like, oh, this is really good. You should you'll like it. If you like Roald Dahl stuff or if you like, you know. And it's not really Halloween-esque either. It's no. real kind of, like it's Halloween. It could be Halloween-esque in the sense that it's kind of scary and spooky at times. But it's like there some of the movies that we've reviewed for this month have been non-Halloween times but they're good ones to watch during Halloween because it's you know for that kind of it's kind of that scary like Coraline is definitely kind of almost could even be like late winter early spring like when it's still cold and it's starting to get wet that time yeah it did feel like that I definitely think or like real 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 late fall early winter when like it's just now i'm I'm gonna say i'm gonna still say it's the opposite it's the the late winter early spring like it's still cold but it's wet too yeah um yeah they're gonna do like english like they say go to the countryside and the english countryside they depict is not this sunny bright part by the sea sort of thing it's much more of a a dreary english coast much like you'd imagine that's why he gets bored and he wanders around and tries to do things with his pet mice like because it's just a it's just a damp hotel by a damp sea, which is what, you know, Doll does best. <laughs> and and that's, uh, yeah. I, Very serious of unfortunate events. This should have played like a series of unfortunate events. Uh, I would say two different storytellings or ways to tell a the, story. The visual, the, the language it portrays of children who are trying to, you know, children who are smart. Too smart for their own good, perhaps, but, but I don't think surrounded Luke by became, evil or incompetent people. I don't people. think Luke was smart until after he became a mouse. I feel like he was stupid until he became a mouse. I when he became this, a mouse, he was really smart. I find this problem a lot, actually, with things where the person is changed into an animal. When it becomes less walking around acting and just voice acting, it's like an entirely different person. I even thought that in The Princess and the Frog, that Frog Tiana was completely different character sometimes than human Tiana, and just the way that she... Did her mannerisms and the way she spoke. I can see. I can see what you're talking about. I don't think. I, I don't think Princess and the Frog is a good example, but I I see what you're talking about. Uh, uh, uh Rockadoodle Doo. Yes. The kid as a kid as a human and the kid as a cat. Two completely different characters. Yes. One hundred percent. So like that, I understand. I, I think Princess and the Frog they're closer. I mean, she does change slightly, but it, it, it she's a lot closer than say. Rock a doodle do or this movie, you know, it, uh, it's frustrating how little I like this movie. 
that I I'm frustrated. I think is is another good way to say it. So and please understand if you liked this movie, we're not trying to insult you. We're not trying to say this is a bad movie. We're saying we didn't like this movie. Yeah. Like honestly, that's all we can say. We're we're people. We're two individuals. Where we have our opinions. Like I. I'm disappointed and frustrated that this movie wasn't better. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at. So I'm, you know what? I'm going to say 1.5. All right. So a 3.5 out of 10 for the movie adaptation of The Witches. Now, see, and I can't really, I can't give a... Uh, no, uh, we never do book ratings. Yeah, but we I can't know do book ratings. I would, I would highly recommend the book over the movie. Yeah, I'd this recommend is definitely one of those situations. it for you know your your twelve thirteen year olds if you think they can handle it. And that's the thing about Dull; he doesn't shy away from the dark stuff, but he doesn't he doesn't go gore fest. He doesn't he's, go. He's not afraid of the dark, but he's not afraid of the light like Tim or um not Tim Curry um Burton? Tim Burton. Thank you. Yeah. Tim Burton hates cheerfulness. Yeah, he hates it so much. Like. No, no one's allowed to be the happy. The only time he likes cheerful and happiness is when it's, like, unconventional. Yeah. Like, look at uh, Corpse Bride, you know. Like, he liked it because it was a contrast be between, like, the living are more dead than the dead. Yeah. And the dead are more living than the living, you know, or live more than the living. So, yeah, I, Roald Dahl is actually a really good author. That's why his stuff is becoming more and more timeless. You know, like Matilda, which is, you know, That's these things good. that you can pick as, up at any time. As his personal character gets less and less so, it's nice. As with most people, unfortunately, who lived before our time, you find as you grow older and know more about them, that fewer and fewer of them were actually just good people. Yeah. Most of them were terrible people who just made really good art. And you, at some point, I feel, have to subtract the one from the other. You 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 can be allowed to There's, not like the person who creates the artwork and still like the artwork because it does something good or important. It, it's like kind of, a, it's not the opposite, but like the opposite way of, or um, sorry, the opposite direction of like, um, hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah. Hate the artist, love the art. I think that's that's a huge point, though, with art, is that once it enters public consciousness, it's not the artist's vision anymore. Mm, disagree, but go on. <laughs> disagree, but go on. Marriage the idea. Uh, <laughs> the, the, there are that's theories, our, there's our tagline right there. Yeah, disagree, but go on. The theory behind the loss of authorship with the artist is that when you put a piece of art out in the public domain you cease to claim ownership of it yes you may have the copyright yes you may collect the money from it showing but it's now completely open to different interpretation by the audience than what you intended no greater is anything example like really owned man like is there anything that it's like Really like I'm gonna keep hitting you. Like you know, yeah. Like can you really no like, greater own anything? No like, greater example is there of this than when Ray Bradbury went to try and talk to a college campus about his book Fahrenheit 451, which he wrote, so he knows what it's about. 
and the audience of 20-somethings argued and yelled at him saying, no, the book is not about the rise of television, about how it's rotting our brains. It's actually about censorship. And the man who wrote the book could not convince these children what his book was about and left. It's like uh, uh, a guy trying to mansplain the Indiana Jones costume to, to the, the woman designer. who designed the costume with the director of Indiana Jones, Steven Spielberg. The creator of Mary Poppins famously did not want to work with Walt Disney in adapting her books because she was worried that the Disney brand of sentimentality would forever alter the way that people looked at her work. And it's true. More people think about the Disney version of Mary Poppins than the original. And she knew the minute she signed over control to Disney that she was losing part of her control and her authorship and her interpretation of this character. Did, um, did you go with me to see the Mr. Saving Mr. Banks? I want to see it. I've been it's, seeing good things about it. It's good. Um, I, I know it doesn't I, fit the historical know. narrative at points. I know they embellish things. some. But it's, I'm willing to believe yeah. that for the narrative. Some of them make sense for the narrative as opposed to just, oh, we want to paint Disney's best light. No, they do it all rather. They, they, they paint Disney in the best light because it's Tom Hanks. But yeah, Tom Hanks is impossible that, of being unlikable. <laughs> exactly. But beyond that, he's not like a saint. No. But he is, he, they do kind of portray him probably nicer than he actually was. However, I get what you're saying. I didn't re I didn't realize that Mary Poppins was a book. I didn't, or the, that the. Really? I didn't realize that that was a book before that movie came out and I went and watched it. It, it is, the movie was portrayed that well. Um, and you could tell, like, Emma, um, Thompson. Emma Thompson did a really good job as the author. P.L. Travers. Yes, she did a really, really good job as her. Um, because every time I could, I didn't understand it. And now that you explain that, it makes the movie that much better. But like. Did you have to do a good job of explaining that? No, I didn't understand. That's why she was nervous. Exactly. Because in the movie, they play it more so. It's less that he's going to completely change everything, which they do. In the they do do that with the movie. I mean that's the whole but point. It's Mary so, Poppins in the book is the enemy of sentiment. No, no. She would never sing uh, in the book. Yes and no, but the thing she she was less. I'm, I'm saying she was very concerned about the treatment of Mary Poppins, the governess herself, but she was more concerned that they kept turning the father into a almost villain. Because they play a lot with having her flashback to her childhood. And her relationship with her father. Exactly. Who she based the character off of. So Well, the movie can be argued. The movie argues the point that it's actually Mr. Banks who is the main character. Because Mr. Banks is the one who gets the story arc. Mr. Banks learns a lesson. And it's... Uh, and he, he becomes a better father. <laughs> he becomes a better father to his children. Um, yeah. And there's and the, the emotional beats are his. They they have a whole That's scene about true. him being turned away from the people that he, he has known and worked with for years at the bank through humiliation. It's it's really quite it really is quite about him. Um, I do have to admit because Colin Farrell plays the father in quote unquote real life. He does a good job. I yeah. think it, they do a good well, job. Well, we like that. Colin Farrell, and that's why it's. But that's why it's called Saving Mr. Banks because it's more about 
how she did not like the treatment of Mr. The, the Mr. Bing's character and coming to terms with this and the, the how to tell how best to tell the story and everything like that. They did a good job with that. There's so much with the Mary Poppins part, not as much. So it was good. And, and I, when you explained it like that, that helped me understand a little better with, um, that she was afraid that the actual, um, whatchamacallit, the actual vision of Mary Poppins herself, the governess would be different. So I think you're, you're, you, uh, that helps me understand it a little bit more. So, but getting back to the point at hand, this, this book does not do that kind of like, oh yeah, you're hoity-toity, uh, like it, does anything actually be owned, man? Like once it's out in the ether, man, it's just there, man. Like when you when you sing a song, it's not your song anymore, man. Well, that's the point. What is true authorship, and what do you sacrifice in getting your art seen by more? That's the thing is, I disagree that whenever it is out in the world, it is no longer yours. I think it is still yours. Your vision is still there. But there, like there have been times when I've made something, be it. Um, commercial art for graphic design or fine art for myself that people have interpreted or they've seen things in it beyond that that I had no intention for. Absolutely that is 100% true. I remember I went on a trip to um, Key West, Florida with a bunch of dudes. That was a big, big old guy trip. I had a lot of fun, but it was really weird because at one point we went we went to like their downtown area and we went shopping and we you know we w walked around we did the tourist stuff. We happened to pass by this art gallery and I wasn't the only artist in the group, so we went into this art gallery. Why I don't know. We went in and I found this picture of a ballerina, and it was very beautifully painted. The workmanship was well done, but there was something about it that I just. It, I could not stop staring at it. And it wasn't because she reminded me of you or like I was sexually attracted to it or anything like that. Nothing, nothing beyond I liked it. And I'm, I'm not sure if that artist meant that because he had other works that were similar. It was just something about the pose, the colors, the lighting. It just worked really really well for me like how there's movies that people just absolutely love and where everyone else is like eh, yeah sure why not like um like boondock saints for me like boondock saints is one of my favorite movies of all time but for very specific reasons other people are like yeah i kind of remember it willem dafoe goes crazy <laughs> like or it goes crazy at a couple points and it's like yeah, but there's so much other genius behind it. And that's, that's the thing is people will always try to explain the genius behind things. So, yeah, there's a level of autorship and shit like that. But I don't believe that it's never truly, it's no longer truly yours after a certain point. I guess that's where I really do disagree with you then. Yeah, and that's fine. We, can, we don't have to agree on everything. But I do think we need to agree on, we need to wrap up. All right. Plug party. Married to the idea on Facebook. Married number two the idea on Twitter. 
Email us at marriedtheideareview at gmail.com. Reviews. Reviews at gmail.com. And in case I forget or you forget, just go to our website, marriedtheidea.weebly.com, and all of those links are there. Be sure to subscribe to the SoundCloud, um, like the Facebook page, uh, follow us on Twitter, um, all of those things. We're trying to build up our base just a little bit more because we'd love to have more and more people. And I Here's tell you, our question. Yeah. Our question, which Roald Dahl movie adaptation do you think was best? Perhaps not even most faithful to the book, but which one was best? Exactly. You could have a different opinion than us, or you could have a different opinion than everyone else. It doesn't matter. It's your opinion. We want to hear it. It's your opinion. Married to the Idea podcast. Yeah. It's, it's, that's your opinion. Ha! <laughs> uh, Card. So, so yes, uh, comment on Facebook, email us, whatever you would like to do. Just let, let us know that you're listening. Yeah, and let us know about this cool new audio. Yeah, we're, we've, uh, uh, the last episode was the first one that we did with the, um, some editing, and I definitely can tell a difference, and I'm going to try to look at even editing just a little bit more. So maybe we'll even have music. <gasps> music. So um, next week is the last week of October. We're getting last re- full week, last full week of October. Uh, we won't after the the week the the week after we won't do two episodes. No. Um, Back to normal. Though, actually, thinking out loud, we could because we could do the last one actually on Halloween. Dude, this two episode a week thing is is uh, stressful. It is killer. <laughs> it like, is a hard schedule to keep. Yeah, See, yeah. See, this is coming out on Friday, not Thursday. Exactly. We uh, yeah, we 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 were late last week. We're less late this week. Less but, late. But we are definitely late again this week. So yeah, we've got to. If we do this again, we're gonna have to schedule better, <laughs> which we did great the first week, and then it just kind of deteriorated a bit from there. But. <laughs> Um, we do have at least two more episodes coming out, so we have ideas for both of them. I'm really excited for these. The last one, the one that's either going to be on Halloween itself, which we could do one and then do one on Halloween too if we wanted. Whatever you or, want, babe. I think this is all off, uh, off-air off conversation. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. They don't need to hear about the process. Oh, they don't care. No, keep the mystery alive. We could be doing anything when the mic oh, is off. So you're going to edit this out? You're actually going to delete this out? Hell no, I'm not going to spend extra time on editing. A whole extra minute or two. You can do that. But uh, I think, uh, well, I am very excited for the last episode, and I'm very excited for at least one of these last episodes. For basically two of the three, if we do three. I'm but excited the last two, to, definitely. I'm excited to get to my great love slash hate movie that i cannot wait to review yeah well, well we can do that immediately i we, i've pushed it off long enough we can do that one immediately thank after. jesus yeah I, i've i've pushed it off long enough but then we've got one right after that so. excellent um so, so what we're saying is don't give us any ideas we don't want to hear them no please give us ideas because that's the one i was saying that that is the, the idea that i've actually been given by one of our fans so. oh that's right we've had a request yes i'm i'm looking looking forward to that um i'm looking forward again to what's coming up next so we've got two at least two great episodes coming out um, maybe three for halloween we'll see um but until then she's been elizabeth he's been aaron and and we're we're married married to to the the idea. idea